Alright, alright. Looking here at the gameplay, it looks like we are ready to start things off here. Greetings everyone! Welcome tonight to the Xbox Roundtable Podcast, with this being show number 237. Your one-stop shop on Sunday nights for Xbox talk and a little more from around the game industry. Of course, this is your host, Invader, and I gotta say that... Oh, shoot. Wait a sec. Did I set this up right? I cannot tell. Oh, okay. It looks like we are live. Sorry, I thought I didn't set it up right, guys. But, uh, yeah, guys, I'm really happy to be here. I'm Invader. And, yeah, so tonight, uh, you know, we got to cover... We got a lot of topics on the docket tonight. Uh, recent documentation suggests that Sony is worried about Xbox owning <clears throat> the Call of Duty franchise. Uh, we'll go into all the detail of that. As well, Xbox seems to have secretly made the Xbox Series S console better. Plus, uh, you know what? There seems to be an announcement for Xbox Game Pass Family Plan. I mean, hey, that all sounds pretty good to talk about, right? But, uh, you know what, guys? We have, like, lots to talk about, and I am, like, I feel really privileged uh, tonight to be around all my awesome castmates and the wonderful people in the chat, and I hope that everyone has had an awesome weekend. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, saying that. Uh, why don't we start off by uh, introducing everyone, everybody on the panel, starting off with General MLD. Buddy, how you doing? Hey, no, good to be here. Uh, I had a pretty good week. Uh, overall, just uh, really putting a lot of time into Borderlands 3, just finishing off that trilogy there. And yeah, having a great time with that. Uh, playing a couple other games on the side, but uh, yeah, a lot I need to talk about. Can't wait to get into it. All right, good stuff. Yeah, you are correct on that. Uh, moving on over to Centurion, Mr. Tombstone himself. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. Had a nice relaxing weekend, uh, living the real dead, real Red Dead Redemption uh, in Tombstone, Arizona. Haven't been able to play too much games as a result of that, but I almost like feel like I was living a game because they, they do a really damn good job of making sure that place looks exactly the way it was from way back when. So definitely excited to be able to talk to you guys about games and come back into the worlds of technology. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. You know what? I would love to visit something like that. Sounds, uh, you know, very uh, rustic, you know, going back in time. I mean, you got to love, like, the Western There's theme. There's something about just climbing in a horse-drawn carriage and taking a ride around a town that literally looks like time stood still. Mm -hmm. No, hey, and I agree with you on that. I love my old-timey stuff. Uh, I hearken back to the uh, the old days. What can I say? Uh, moving on down here, Eric Shockley, brother, how's things going on at your end? My bad, that was muted. <laughs> no um, well, not, uh, not too much, just been uh, trying to clean up my office, get it ready. But <laughs> um, man, I have some, it's just so much capable management. I'm trying to get done with my <laughs> entertainment center, but uh, yeah, just a uh, Ready to get in these uh, topics. Definitely had some uh, interesting news. It's, uh, I'm sure we'll probably in the coming months as it gets closer and closer, you know, to this Activision deal getting done. There's going to probably be more 
which we'll get into here, but uh, more stuff thrown around <laughs> as far as, uh, you know, regulators and, you know, what's what's fair, what's not. So, <laughs> but we'll get into it. But yeah, ready, uh, ready, to, uh, ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said it, man. You said it. Uh, who else do we got here? Oh, Crusader, buddy. Great to see you back here. Uh, how have you been? So I've returned to the land of the living. Um, <laughs> for anyone who isn't aware from last week, I got really, really sick like a couple hours before the show. Probably the sickest I've ever been in my life. Pinched nerve in my neck and some migraine and stuff. Better now. Um, and I have been uh, grinding out some stuff in Destiny 2. Uh, it's the end of the Solstice of Heroes in Destiny 2, so I'm trying to get all my glowy, glowy armor on all my characters. And then I've been, uh, I just started Horizon Forbidden West. Um, and that game feels like uh, if Horizon for uh, Zero Dawn was an experiment, uh, Forbidden West is like the results of that experiment getting like full funding. Like, it, it's, I, I love it. Hmm. All right, good to know, good to know. Again, I've started a little bit of uh, the first Horizon Zero Dawn, and yeah, it seems pretty cool so far. But uh, yeah, I've heard some good things about uh, Forbidden West as well. That's that's great to hear. Glad to, to see that you're enjoying that. Uh, let's see. Just so you know, guys, uh, Tim may be here later on. He's just running a little behind, but uh, hopefully he'll be with us uh, later on in the show. Uh, don't forget that, uh, you know, I hate to share the show out and let everybody know that we are live. And hey, sub to the channel if you haven't already, and give it a like as every little bit helps. Uh, believe me, um, you know, like, I, I try not to do the whole shilling thing, but like, it helps. <laughs> Everybody's got to do it, unfortunately, on the YouTube scene, so, uh, you know, hey guys, if you could share us out and, you know, do the likes, that would be very much appreciated. And uh, hey, just everybody joining us, it's great to have you here, whether it be in the chat or tuning in live. Always welcome, always welcome, always great to see you. But on that note, guys, uh, why don't we start off by talking some Call of Duty? And Sony seems to be worried that Xbox uh, owning the, uh, the franchise could possibly influence users' uh, console of choice. Of course, that means consumers switching from PlayStation consoles to Xbox, and you know, this is the company's response uh, to questions from specifically the Brazilian registry uh, regulatory boards. So it, it's their official word, interestingly enough. Uh, General MLD, buddy, I'll lead off with you on this one tonight uh, with this topic. What do you think of Sony's uh, response to this report? Uh, do you get a sense of concern from them at all? Oh, yeah, there is just so much to unpack here. Uh, hopefully I can remember everything, but this will be talked about, I think, for months, uh, if not years, because uh, there, there's a lot to unpack, essentially. Um, I, I think on one hand, Sony, they're just saying what they got to say uh, to, to kind of just, uh, you know, maybe throw whatever wrench they can into the mix. But I think we all know what's going to happen. This thing is going a lot more smooth than anybody could have ever anticipated. So... They do, I, I think they are legitimately concerned, I think, because there's no way they, they can, can compete with COD. Uh, neither Xbox nor Play, PlayStation could, but now it's not Xbox's problem because now they own them. Like going, going off the top of my head here, you got uh, holiday bundles and marketing. Now, during the PS4 generation, that was a big 
big differ differentiating factor. Like you only see the PlayStation logo on the commercials. You see a holiday bundles only for PlayStation. A lot of casuals will uh, essentially, I think, uh, turn to Xbox a little bit over and over and over the years as this deal uh, is completed and um, Call of Duty is firmly in Xbox's camp. Uh, even even though it's multiplat, that's the beauty of it all. I think it's just perception is reality, and if all you see is an Xbox logo, you will put Call of Duty and Xbox in the same light. It just that's just human nature, I think. And Sony knows this, Xbox knows this. Now, they also cannot compete with it. They haven't made a first-person shooter in the better part of a decade. Insomniac with Resistance, Gorilla with Killzone. Neither one moved that really moved the needle, even during each series' best days when when they were relevant. Uh, the best thing Sony has is actually Bungie, but Bungie could never do a annual or even semi-annual release of a of a first person sh person shooter. And even then, Call of Duty is so massive; it's more than just the annualized games. Call of Duty Mobile is actually incredibly popular, and then you have Warzone, which is free to play. Uh, on top of the uh, the ca the campaigns that come every so often, so it, it there's no way Sony can have anything that can, can compete on this level, and yeah, they have to voice that concern. But it's it's just funny how they were the only ones that voiced this concern. All other publishers they were okay with it. And ultimately, there is a hint of irony in the air because Sony is all about denying high-profile third-party games, like. The Final Fantasy VII Remake, that was supposed to be one year, and we're what? Two years in with zero window when that's coming to Xbox. Same goes for Forspoken, Final Fantasy XVI, and that's just from uh, from Square. So they are no stranger to denying third-party games, and here they go uh, you know, uh, saying, oh, we're concerned that Xbox is uh, making third-party games into first-party. But it's still multi-platform. It's still on PlayStation end of the day. They're not shutting down the uh, the Warzone service for PlayStation. They're keeping it on. Xbox is very progressive, and I think we can all agree on some level. If the shoe was on the on the other foot, would Sony be as generous? I, I don't think so. So, um, I, I want to respond to that. Yes, they have. Sure. We identifiably they already have with the Bungie acquisition, right? But I'd say that's the, I'd say that's the exception to the rule. Are going but to be I, I think it's how they have to exist in the modern era if they want to continue expanding. Same with Xbox. Um, because they are a market leader and they're buying a very, very powerful game with, with, that, uh, with, with the Bungie acquisition, right? In my opinion, all they want from this acquisition, or all, all Sony's trying to do in, in that statement, is to force it into writing with the regulatory agencies that Microsoft has to keep those things multi-platform. Because Microsoft at this point has a verbal agreement to do so. They want a written agreement. And the FCC, uh, or the FTC, not FCC, FTC, Brazilian's regulatory uh, people and everything, they can't necessarily force any company to do anything when it comes to these things. However, they can have they can create signed agreements based on these acquisitions with requests that they're making so that they won't take them to court. And all I see with Sony saying like, hey, this could influence the, the largest game franchise currently going, uh, we, we don't want that to go exclusive because that would damage us. All they're trying to do is getting Microsoft to put it down in writing that they won't do it and create it as a legally uh, binding contract. And that's a smart business decision. Okay, and that's fair. But, okay, yeah. 
But I'm, I'm a, I think a lot of gamers, though, myself included, we think that they're going to go through the contractual obligations, just like with Bethesda. So this Call of Duty, then Warzone 2.0, and the Call of Duty schedule for 2024. But then after that, again, but we're talking you know, at least a few years from now. Oh, can I interject on that, that one? They have, I don't think they have any obligation to keep the uh, annualized Call of Duties on PlayStation going after 2024. And I think, I, I think you're right. Sony would would like that that to be in writing to be a little more permanent, but Xbox I don't think they have any they they don't have to keep honoring these things after the contracts are done. So long as Warzone is still active for PlayStation, I think they're fulfilling their their obligations regardless. And in the long term, this will definitely benefit Xbox, if not in the short term with holiday bundles and marketing, but long term with actual annualized Call of Duties being console e ecosystem exclusive. So I think I that's the overall threat. Can, can I please interject? Awesome. Yeah, the, okay, because I've had other people on other shows flip out on me for wanting to quote FTC law, but to put it out there, the FTC does not approve anything. They just let the timetables expire. If by some chance Microsoft starts basically cleaning house with like a knife through butter and cutting down the competition from this acquisition, the FTC at any time could come in, whether it's two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, and say, we've changed our minds. Yep. They are legally allowed to do this, and they could come in and say, guess what, Microsoft? Divide yourself from Activision right now. And they can't do a damn thing about it other than team up with a bunch of lawyers and try to prevent it from happening. But if the FTC comes through and says, nope, you created a monopoly, divide the company right now. And that's they can't stop that. Point. That's, and, that's where point. they have to keep certain things multiplat because if at any time they start looking like they're cleaning house, it's going to look real freaking bad. That's why uh, when the Activision thing came out and and literally Sony's stock dropped when Activ when it came out that Microsoft was going to purchase Activision, which is why Phil Spencer came out and made the statement he did because he had to stop the hemorrhaging because if by some chance it caused hemorrhaging on that level just from an announcement, he knew damn well the FTC would come in and nix it real quick. Okay, okay, uh, fair and, enough, and but I can counter FTC with the market share though. You compare yeah, switch, market share, switch, you're right. Market share, yes. you're right. So they can oh. do it, but if Xbox is still behind in console sales to Switch and PlayStation, they legally have every right to want to catch up well, and close the gap. Well, well, it's really interesting with the whole situation. I put it out there a long time ago on Twitter as a joke because everybody was hurrahing. Oh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is on PlayStation. It's an exclusive. It's an exclusive. <laughs> and I put it out there, be careful what you wish for. All of Sony's third-party deals for exclusivity to create fake exclusiveness, um, and I call it fake exclusiveness because I'm sorry, but if you're paying something to be exclusive, you're faking it. You didn't create it. You're just paying it out. Yeah, third-party. It, it it's third-party. And that's where all these third-party deals that everybody's been championing over the years – that is nothing but ammunition that Microsoft has loaded into the chamber, and they are taking shots at Sony 
hard right now. They're like, oh, look at Spider-Man and the Marvel thing. That is a technical, that is technically something that was created in another industry and it's become exclusive and they're controlling it. They have all this control with Marvel franchises. They have created things with Final Fantasy and Square Enix. Literally, Sony realizes at this point they have fucked up because they know that all these third-party deals that they've been making over the past generation and including into this generation is about to bite them in the proverbial ass. Yes. Um, I do want to say one thing about the FTC. The FTC itself actually can't, uh, doesn't declare something a monopoly in any case. What they have to do is they say that this is a monopoly and we will prove it in court. Oh, yeah, it turns into a At giant court battle, day, yeah. always a judge who will determine whether or not the FTC's case is valid. So even if uh, 10 years down the line they did say, hey, this is a monopoly and you need to break up, then uh, it would go to an arbitration between the FTC and Microsoft, and then it would go to the courts, depending on if, if neither side ended up happy with, with what they determined, um, which is the same thing that would happen here if the FTC uh, decides to try to block the acquisition in the first place. They can, they don't block the acquisition, right? They say that we don't think this acquisition should happen. We're going to take it to the federal court and sue you to stop. Um, and then they have to prove that in court. No one, the FTC and Microsoft don't want that to happen, right? Like ne Neither of them want to spend money in court to do things. So that's why they come up with these agreements that's like, hey, if you do X, Y, and Z as part of an agreement with us that is binding to the point that we won't take you to court and you maintain your business operations in such a way, then we won't sue over it. And, and that's how all of this has existed. And if you want to see something where uh, the FTC has acted 10 years in the past or, or like 10 years in the future, like Centurion stating, look at them. I think it was announced last year. They're suing uh, Meta or Facebook for, you know, because they changed their company to a horrible name. Uh, <laughs> they're suing them over uh, what is Instagram. And they want them to divest Instagram yeah, because yeah, it, that, they're, they're, actually, yeah, you are. They're making them unwind the deal that took place over 10 years ago. Um, now, this i don't think an official court date or anything has been set with that like this is something where right now they are uh going back and forth with each other to determine does this go to court or um can we convince the ftc that this isn't true things like that um now microsoft has more in, again i foresee the call of duty franchise being along the lines of minecraft just because of how big it is and how much money the service itself makes uh, maybe the campaigns go exclusive if they if they divide and conquer up the entire franchise that like the that single player aspect, but that multiplayer aspect, the the battle pass sales, the MTX sales, the, they eclipse what like the entirety of Bethesda brings in in a year in revenue, right? Like one game eclipses everything that the Bethesda that Bethesda did in one year, right? And I, I never foresee them even necessarily wanting to take the the call of duty multiplayer segments away from anyone if anything i think they're going to put it on the switch like they did with minecraft post acquisition minecraft didn't exist in the nintendo sphere until after microsoft bought them it didn't exist on ios until after microsoft bought them i, I don't see a, a universe where microsoft doesn't 
do this. Sony just wants to protect one of its most important revenue sources, which is the, the MTX sales that go through their marketplace that cut them 30%. Oh, they're they're and, more concerned about the that, that little logo you see at the end of the trailer with that whoop, play on PlayStation. That's all they're concerned yeah. about is that's not yeah. going to be there anymore. Yeah, you know, and they're going to end up losing their marketing. That's going to be the biggest thing. They'll end up losing the marketing. They'll end up losing the ability to bundle consoles with, with Call of Duty stuff. They'll end up losing the ability to get their, their uh, like, um, the exclusiveness to, like, modes, early like maps and stuff like that. that are, yeah, yeah, the early access. Like, they're going to lose all that stuff. What they don't want to lose, and, like, because, like, like, you know, they're, they're going to try and be like, you know, look at what we're losing. That that kind of stuff, that's never going to fly because there's so many other franchises that they do it with that it, that that no no reasonable court no reasonable arbitration sector you know microsoft can point to a billion and a half examples and be like they're it's not like we're taking everything from them this is one thing but but in a pond of many um the, the thing that that they have an actual fighting argument for is the fact that the top selling games on their platform every freaking year are the call of the current call of duty and the call of duty from last year like if you if you go and look at the npd uh, sales on like any, any platform that has Call of Duty, whether it be PlayStation or Xbox, and the top two games every year are Call of Duty and Call of Duty, like <laughs> the the Call of Duty from the previous year and the Call of Duty that just released are the top games of the year, right? And Sony can definitively say that it would damage their business to lose that third party existing on their platform. And Microsoft sees that. Microsoft's not stupid. They, they know that this is going to be a thing going in. They're, they're, they're a $2 trillion company. They don't, they, things don't catch them by surprise when, when they're purchasing things. So th they know that they're going to have to keep, to an extent, a lot of the Call of Duty content on that platform. They're not stupid. They've said as much. What, what they want is that ca hyper-casual game falling day and date in Game Pass, which might take... It might not happen next year because of the Sony having marketing rights, right? It, it might not happen immediately, but that's what they want. They want that casual game, and they want those mobile games that King makes, and they want the PC games that Blizzard makes, and they want the other Activision titles like Spyro and Crash and stuff to supplement Game Pass and to supplement it in the future and for future franchises that are brand new to only be on Xbox. And, and, and at the end of the day, Sony just wants to make sure that their business can continue as normal as possible. And so that's what they're going to fight for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting whenever this uh, deal closes up. Um, you know, I'm hearing a lot of different dates myself popping up. A lot of people think it's going to be sooner rather than later, especially if you look at uh, Sony and Bungie's deal. That closed relatively quickly. Um, but, you know, it's very curious when you brought up Game Pass there, uh, Crusader. That's going to be a big deal to a lot of people. Yes. And I think, you know, <laughs> Sony has every right to be worried in a lot of ways because, again, it takes away uh, a huge, huge game away from them. And if people are able to get those titles in Game Pass, especially newer games day one, ooh, that is gonna kill them. Like it's it's gonna be, it's gonna affect them majorly, no doubt about it. Of course, it's gonna I affect people. I can't remember who there was a market analyst. I think it was it was on a, an actual. I don't know if it was like which um uh like live channel that was co that covers the stock market that it was on in the U.S. But they were talking about how they think that this could push Microsoft over 100 million subs. Now, oh, to, yeah. to me, Michael Potter, Michael Potter, like overreach yes. of someone who doesn't understand the market. 
but um, I, I do agree that it's going to cause an explosion uh, with, with, with that analyst, that it will cause an explosion in subs, and the, the, the first time Call of Duty's day and date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't often agree with Pactor. I think he's been off on a lot of things. Is that who it was? Okay. Yeah, it was Pactor on Yahoo Financials or something. I, okay. I, a, anyways, um, yeah, yeah. I'm either way. I think everybody knew once that deal was announced. Yeah, it was a big deal, a very big deal, and it's gonna cripple uh, Sony in a lot of ways going forward. Um, maybe not the first year, but I'd be curious. You know the couple of years after that you know moving forward a game you know, pass we is still don't know. everything yep we don't know when the first call of duty will launch day one that that's a big thing because we don't know none of us have seen the terms of sony's playstation agreement we know it was supposed to expect extend through 2023 now we don't know if it was tied to a certain amount of titles and the last title happened to be the 2023 one which now might be the 2024 one we don't know if it was just uh for like x years we have a, a contract with you um and with that marketing contract it also depends on when that marketing contract was signed if there was any terms about going on to services because older playstation um agreements we know for a fact didn't have those because there was a couple weird games that were like they were time uh timed and marketing rights to sony but they came to like pc game pass immediately because there was no terms in there that said they couldn't go on like a competitor's service and so few newer ones like resident evil 8 we, we've seen those contracts we've we've, we've seen the, the contract in person there's a great hogue law did a great um uh, mm-hmm. overview of, of that contract when it leaked and there's actual terms in there now that's you know so it doesn't damage the the value that they're putting forward with their shared marketing plan that they can't go into a competitor service it makes total sense for a marketing agreement because you're wasting your marketing money otherwise and but we don't know if those kind of terms are in the call of duty one because it may have been signed long before anything uh when any time before game pass was even thought of as a thing so it'll be very interesting to see when call of like the newest call of duty and when a brand new call of duty hit the service Uh, the build on that like uh, based on what the uh, analyst said i think pc is by far the most untapped market if you want to get the 100 million subs you gotta leverage pc a lot more than what they're doing right now Windows Store, great. I mean, it's built into it, fine. Um, I think they, they, they got to do something with Steam more than what they're doing right now. But even uh, Battle.net, I think people are neglecting that now. They're going to control Battle.net now with all the Blizzard and Activision games on it. If you can integrate Game Pass into Battle.net, I think that will also give a big boost as well. Even uh, like spitballing, like give an incentive for, say, World of Warcraft players to, to play off PC Game Pass and they'll, they'll get a perk or something. Like There's yep. so many things that they can do to, uh, to boost those numbers up. Well, and they can do stuff with mobile, too. Has anyone played any of the Microsoft... It's literally called Microsoft Casual Games. That's uh, like oh, Solitaire, yeah. uh, Mahjong, right? Well, if you have Solitaire loaded up on your phone, the Microsoft ga- like the, the Microsoft Games version of it, um, and, you ha- and you sign in with your Microsoft account that has a Game Pass associated with it, you actually get the ad-free version of uh, that Solitaire. And, like, they could do the same thing with games like Candy Crush. Shit, yeah. And give mm-hmm. people, 
you know, it's not going to affect people like us. Like, I'm not going to give two craps of candy if I get Candy Crush gems. But they could do a Game Pass Ultimate Rewards thing for people where it's like, hey, you get so many Candy Crush gems a month. And, like, it might be, like, a huge, like, financial, like, deal for some people because, like, you know, like, say you get, like, $10 of them every month, right? And that's, that's worth the price of the subscription, but that's a guaranteed $10 that Microsoft's getting from that consumer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be honest, so I never thought about it like that. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they can, and that's why I'm shocked that they haven't tried to offer premium currency for Halo Infinite yet with uh, um, Game Pass Ultimate. Because, yeah, you know, you're not getting the, you're not necessarily getting, you know, that money from that premium currency, right? But you are in a way, because you're getting people to be subscribed to Game Pass, even though you don't need to be for, um, Halo Infinite's multiplayer. And they do it with, uh, has anyone heard of Fantasy Star Online? Yeah. Yep. They do it with Fantasy Star Online every month. You get the premium gems every month with, uh, Game Pass Ultimate. So, you know, th- there's, there's so many little things that when the, like, they could give cosmetics for Overwatch. They can, you know, th- there's so many little things that they can do for Game Pass Ultimate subscribers, even for existing games. And it, it, it creates this, like, gigantic feedback loop where, like, yeah, they're, they're offering you stuff that they might have been charging five, ten bucks for a pop on this service as perks to be on the service, but it kind of makes you glued to the service forever, and they guarantee that money from that service from you every month forever if they keep offering you a baseline level of stuff. And then maybe you're inclined to go buy more in those games that you're playing. Like, maybe you want some more premium currency because they didn't give you quite enough for that item that you wanted, you know? And it's a it's a very powerful tool that they have with Game Pass, especially with the casual games that they are getting from this Activision Blizzard deal. You know, the Overwatch, the Call of Duty, the Candy Crush, anything else that King's makes, because I can't think of any of the other uh, mobile games that King makes besides Candy Crush. I know there are some, but that's the famous one. It's called money. You know? They make money. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I think Sony is putting their voice out there so that you know, they don't that, that, that this deal is as favorable for them as it can be because it's not going to be favorable for them, right? Like, in no way does this acquisition help them besides maybe it lets them acquire some more companies than they would be able to at the the position they are within, um, uh, w- w- you know, within like the the it, like because some acquisitions could be deemed anti competitive for them because of how big they are, uh share wise in the in the gaming sphere right now right because the only one that's ahead of them is tencent and tencent's only ahead of them because they're an investment company and they get a ton of returns from all of their investments that are spread throughout the entire industry they don't most of their gaming money either comes from mobile or uh return on investment well even tencent right now i mean didn't they just uh i can't remember if it's they're talking about it or they've already done it i think it's just a rumor at this point but aren't they talking about Investing further in Ubisoft. Yeah, that's yeah, correct. More yeah. shares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they'd be getting more return because, like, that's why no one really like that. That's not something like the the FTC like truly like looks at, you know, because like they don't they don't own those companies. They only own a portion of them. They're not even like really like on, on a lot of them. They're not board members. They 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 the contract where they 
purchase the shares in those companies is usually like they have no creative say, but they get like first right to publish in China and they get um, the, the help with distribution. And in return, they're putting their liquid assets into something that in theory they can get a return from or sell to another bidder later. And it, it, it makes them far more, uh, it makes their company uh, be able to uh, take out more in loans and things like that so that they can invest more and more and more. Um, but Sony, the vast majority of their share in gaming is from actual revenue they bring in from their actual, like ha their actual dominance in the gaming sphere as opposed to being in an uh, investment group, right? I mean, they, they are an investment group. We've seen them invest in Epic and things like that. But um, we see with Sony that with this Activision deal, this could actually make it so that it's not quite as hard for them to buy a larger group that more fits their budget and things like that, like the rumored Square Enix, you know, that, that has forever been rumored that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be very viable right now because of the financial climate that we're in with, uh, with uh, the massive inflation and things like that. It would be safer to invest um, in upgrading your own holdings themselves as they exist rather than purchasing new ones. But this kind of deal makes it easier for them to say, hey, you know, we're no longer in as dominant a position as we are. Buying this would no longer be as um, large of a threat to um, being a monopoly as it would have been six months ago because of that Activision deal. So there are a few benefits they can get out of, out of this deal. But by and large, it's, you know, they're, they're trying to mitigate their losses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I believe you're correct on that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I can understand from Sony's end, you know, uh, being concerned, but man, oh man, like, I don't know what else they can do at this point. Um, Eric Shockley, pal, I mean, I would love to know your, your thoughts and opinions on this. Um, I don't know, what, what do you think about, uh, like, this documentation coming out about Sony being worried about Xbox owning Call of Duty. Um, like, do you think that uh, people are generally going to be um, switching consoles because, oh, now, uh, you know, Xbox owns Call of Duty. You know, there's speculation on, oh, you know, it'll come to Game Pass and other perks and so on. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think what's uh, probably what Sony's like more afraid of um like if you look at the because I, I think they'll obviously keep warzone multi-plat and from at least what they've at least what phil said before you know he made it sound like hey we talked with them hey we're not going to just pull uh call of duty from like we're gonna continue to bring like you know from what we understand that <laughs> looks like maybe the main line uh call of duty games over but i think what sony is probably fighting over and is probably going to like raise hell about here coming soon if they haven't like started already um at least behind the scenes is microsoft uh making game pass the exclusive subscription or at least the the subscription that exclusively gets uh, Call of Duty and no other subscription service because the subscription services are just going to keep getting more and more popular and 
as their game. And, you know, Sony's getting into that even more so with how they've consolidated uh, PS Plus and PS Now. Uh, and as those get bigger and bigger as far as the uh, subscriber bases, and that's where people, you know, like to spend their money on, like, on their media, like music, you know, TV shows, movies, um, and, and now going into gaming. If there's one <laughs> subscription service and that's how people are just like, maybe not so much spending. It's kind of like with music. Sometimes people might buy vinyl or like uh, um, 4K DVDs. Like I buy, you know, 4K movies on DVD, but some people just aren't, you know, Blu-rays, but some people just, hey, I'm just going to stream stuff. And if movies are on all these different streaming services I have, I'll watch them there. If they don't happen to be there, there's other stuff to watch. So a lot of people are like that. So as we get more and more with these subscription models, if there's only one subscription, um, gaming subscription out there that has exclusively no other subscription has Call of Duty, but one does, and that being Game Pass, that's going to still be a the huge disruptor to the, anybody else's uh, subscription service. As we see in gaming, where it's like the f- number one and number two selling games every year are like the Call of Duty game of that year and the Call of Duty game of the year previous. Um, so those are going to be huge. And I think Sony's definitely going to be trying to like, hey, this isn't fair. You can't also, they'll try to do what they're doing now of like, hey, this isn't fair with, you know, if you had exclusively this game, it's it's too much power. They're, I'm sure they're going to make that. Uh, and they're trying to make sure that doesn't, you know, go awry because that would really screw them over. <laughs> Um, but that's definitely going to be their next argument for sure. Like saying, hey, this is too much power. You can't have somebody have, you know, that on their subscription while you're offering it for, because remember, Call of Duty has been 70 bucks lately um, on their platform. And hey, you're just, you know, practically giving it away on the other platform. Like that's just on top of it being the only subscription that gets to touch it. <laughs> um, so I think you're going to see that here pretty soon. But um, yeah, I think that's what probably Microsoft's angle is. You know, if they're going to keep on other platforms, they're going to really drive that home. So, but yeah, we'll see. But yeah, I'm sure they're getting pretty worried about, you know, hey, this deal's about to go through. Hey, they might keep the games on our platform, but oh shit, this Game Pass thing is, that's going to just base, it's going to make it seem like Call of Duty's not on our platform because it's going to sway a lot of people. Like, hey, if I don't have to pay for this annual game I buy every year and it, I, it's the only thing I play, might as well switch to Game Pass and get all the other games that come with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's like Sony, they're recently trying to close the gap now. They're starting to see that subscription services are now, they're, start, they're gonna be a force in, in the gaming industry whether people want to embrace that or not. And as people are starting to notice the gap is closing, the, that gap's just going to go right back to being how it was a couple of years ago, right back to being wide. Because with all the back catalog, all the past Call of Duties, all future Call of Duties eventually being day one, it, it's going to be a pretty hard argument to say, to recommend the competition over Game Pass, especially with the day one feature if Sony chooses to, to still not go that go that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, completely. The Game Pass aspect is uh, such a big force right now in the uh, the industry. I mean, even Sony's now trying to adopt their own. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, it seems to be a very successful model. I mean, again, Xbox has the numbers, they're growing. <laughs> the one thing I would say though, guys, is what does, does Sony have anything to compete with uh, Xbox? I mean, once this deal closes, um, okay, let's say it's a multiplat, but still, do they have anything in like the first person shooter space that can really measure up to anything Call of Duty wise? So kind of they have it's not going to be as big right like it, it, there's nothing that's going to be as big but they could put all of bungie's content because i mean bungie's content does exceptionally well destiny is a, a top 15 game on every platform every month right and they could put all of the expansions and stuff and they could give everyone a, a, a ticket for the season pass on their on their service and that would do some numbers like it's it's not going to do the same thing but it's probably enough to get people to do both because I think we're going to be entering a long era in gaming where it's going to be almost impossible to ignore either. Well, I, I, I say either. It's pretty much all three, actually. Like any of the major like console platforms, because of how much they've each consolidated and how many studios each of them have and how much content is going to be coming out exclusively and how much they're going to be feeding their services. I mean, my motto on, on Twitter for the last couple of days has been that the, the ultimate way to exist currently right now in, in the gaming sphere is to have at least PS Plus Extra and Game Pass Ultimate, if not PS Plus Premium. Now, th that depends on how much you like the, how good your connection is to, um, uh, Sony's server nodes for uh, streaming the PS, like the PS3 games, or how much you want PS1 and 2 games. Because we have this massive back catalog on like every platform of just excellent games from from generation to generation, right? And, and it's really hard, especially even for like new new people coming into gaming and being like, look at how much there is to play and look at how much you can get on your hands for cheap I think it's more going to be which platform do you prioritize getting into first rather than one platform absolutely, you know, destroying the other. Now, that being said, Call of Duty is a very powerful tool. Maybe Sony goes out and they're, you know, they're pretty buddy-buddy with with Take-Two and 2K with, like, marketing and things like that. Maybe they can do something with, like, one of the 2K sports games or maybe they can come up to some agreement with EA for one of their sports games and then it's it's not necessarily an FPS but it is another one of those hyper casual games that they, a lot of people you know millions of people buy every year and you know maybe, maybe they have that plus destiny and that's enough to be an equivalent and to keep up this this concept that I'm putting forward of it's going to be impossible to ignore like any platform and Nintendo always does Nintendo things and makes games that no one wants to ignore look at the Switch the Switch is probably going to beat the PS2 and lifetime units sold um, and they, they have the most ridiculous attack rates for games like uh um, Mario Kart, I don't remember what number it is, and Eight. for uh, <laughs> Animal, yeah, and for Animal Crossing and things like that. Like, I, I, I it feels like we're entering a new era where our, all of our discourse is going to change, you know, because like there's been this tribalist, like this console is going to do better than that console, and like that's still going to be there to an extent, but it, we're coming up to like this era because of mass backwards compatibility and just massive libraries and these massive services that it's going to be like. You know, wh where should your priorities be rather than which one do I get? Do you know what I mean? Like, 
Xbox has so many studios that it's going to be impossible to ignore Xbox unless you're on, you know, like as a console, unless you like PC gaming, then they give you that option. Go to PC, play there, and be happy. Um, same thing with PlayStation. If you're cool with the wait, you can go to PC and be happy. But, like, you're still not going to be ignoring their content. It, it, it's not the same as it's been for the last decade because the times are changing. The technology is different. The The delivery methods are different the amount of studios they all have is different it, we're, we're entering in a very unique and very cool time in gaming to be talking about gaming mm -hmm. yeah agreed agreed and they're all gonna have their uh their own strategies to this again moving forward i do love uh the backwards compat compatibility aspect that was brought along last generation and you know, the the libraries keep getting larger and larger. I, I, I can't wait until, again, this Activision Blizzard deal closes and we get some of those back catalog games. Like, I would love to see games like Singularity, hey, um, Time Shift. Are and we so live? On. Yeah, we're live. We're live. Because I'm not seeing anything on the on the YouTube stream. Uh, we're live. Uh, it you know there's what? Two streams. There's actually two streams. Oh, there's two? Yeah, okay. check. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, it's all right. Everything's good. I just got to set something. When we're done, I have to change some things over. But we're good. We are live. Okay. Yeah. Cool. No, we're good. But guys, anything else to add to this? I mean, you know, it is kind of interesting seeing these uh, documentations pop up. I don't know. It seems like. Uh, Again, things are going to be over relatively soon. Anything else to add to this? The only thing I want to put in the end is <clears throat> we hear everybody talking about, you know, Microsoft potentially creating a, a, a volatile situation by putting Call of Duty day and day in. And if, if especially if uh, Sony starts really wanting to cry wolf, all I have to really say is we all know the story about crying wolf. And if Sony cries too loudly, they could potentially cause it to where they're going to have less third. If by some chance they muck up this deal with Activision, they could cause themselves to where they can't make some of the third party deals that they have been in the past because it's like, well, if they're not allowed to create, ex have exclusive this or exclusive that, what about the, per, the the perceived exclusive uh, tactics that you have been using over the past few years? Like, you can't sit there and boo-hoo and all of a sudden, well, I want to get away with it too. That's where they need to really pick this battle very carefully because they could also cause problems for themselves when it comes to making that next third-party deal to create exclusive mindshare. And I think that has to go back to the wording that they used in that in the uh, um, uh, in the the Brazilian government um, listing. They specifically said that like no one can make a game like this. Blah blah blah. Like they're they're trying to set up the Call of Duty. Like you'll notice that the only thing that they really went after in that listing was Call of Duty. They didn't mention anything else. They didn't mention World of Warcraft. They didn't mention Candy Crush. They didn't mention. Uh, overwatch they didn't mention you know it was just call of duty and so what? they're being very particular with this argument and trying to make call of duty into into like the exact description of what they're doing so that they can continue to do that kind of stuff and that's a very astute uh, observation uh centurion i that, just say um, it because that, like they have to be that they have to be careful that they have to be careful what they're doing and you can kind of see them trying to be very careful about what they're saying 
You know what I mean? Oh yeah, because they, they, all it all it takes is like. Well, all right. Activision isn't allowed to merge with Microsoft, and uh, oh, by the way, you got to put Spider-Man and these other these other these other IPs over on yeah. different platforms because um, you may own the Spider-Man character, but you just own the his likeness. It's technically a Marvel franchise. It has nothing to do with you creating it. You just you basically uh, you acquired it, and so at this point. The exclusiveness of Spider-Man ends here. There is a okay. lot of things writing on on how they are wording stuff and what the the, yep. the avenue they're wanting to go, because literally, um, they got to remember like Disney has acquired uh, the Star Wars universe and they have systematically started stripping everything away from other platforms like Netflix and and Amazon Prime to create make sure that the Star Wars universe exists on Disney Plus we're starting to see that with Amazon in acquiring MGM Studios who actually also owns New Line Entertainment which is why we're seeing Lord of the Rings pop up um we've also seen uh, Stargate and anything to do with the Stargate franchise slowly starting to systematically disappear and it's going to be exclusive to Amazon Prime. Um, a lot of, and that's the other thing is like we're walking a fine, fine line between games and entertainment. Games and entertainment are very, are very close to each other. And literally there is big companies right now that are using big name brand franchises to create exclusive awareness for their subscription service. And this also falls under the same concept for Call of Duty. So this is one of the, like I said, Microsoft has all this, these arguments chambered up, ready to have a, to take a shot at the FTC and point out like, well, just because Call of Duty is going to create mindshare for Game Pass, what about Lord of the Rings? What about Star Wars? What about these other franchises that are technically acquired franchises and were not original in-house IPs? Yeah, and I just want to say my final thoughts. Like, I think Xbox is in a place that they can keep, they, they can finish this, but also keep going. I see people uh, on Twitter, like even, even Tim Dog, saying how Xbox is not done with acquisitions. And in my personal opinion... As long the the they are, it's because of the what of PlayStation's own success and Nintendo's success. They are not the market leader in consoles. They are not the market leader in PC. That's Steam. They're not the market leader in mobile. So long as they are not number one, not or even number two in any of these categories, in my opinion, they can keep buying and buying and buying until that gap is closed. So the, the, this the, their lack of success up until now is actually their strongest argument to keep going. And to any, if anything, make things exclusive in the future. But that, that's just me. Yeah, I think that they'll slow down with anything big. If they, oh, I, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, like you're not going to see another publisher, but like you could see a company like uh, Certain Affinity. Heck, I, I was of the opinion that you could see a minor company that doesn't have a lot of like uh, front facing anything. Because like Certain Affinity, no one their gamers don't even know what certain affinity is you know what i mean like we right. do because we talk about these kind of things and we're very enfranchised and very in this space but like they could get away with like a certain affinity probably during this deal like th there's there's stuff like that that they can get away with right now they probably can't get away with anyone that has a subscription service <laughs> like i think that ea and ubisoft are completely off the tables forever <laughs> because that would be taking a competitor off the market and 
that would be frowned upon, even though they're not major competitors. Well, um, even so, even though, like, oh no, I'm just saying, even though we we would think that that was ridiculous, right? Like any of us would think that would be ridiculous, but like, yeah. Oh yeah, just just to latch on though, like I mean, they they make deals with these companies, anyways. I mean, they made yeah. deals with EA. It's already connected to Game Pass in some manner, and then also, I mean, even Ubisoft in some exactly. forms too. So I mean, even if they don't own them, they can still make deals. Correct, oh, yeah. and they can use that as showing us that they've grown the market. Because you look at EA's investor call right after it was the one immediately following EA Play coming to Game Pass Ultimate. And they were celebrating how it doubled their um, subscribers for EA Play. And it brought in a ton of first-time gamers to a ton of franchises. And ended up they ended up making a lot of money. And a lot of their games are being talked about on social media and selling even to non-subscribers. And that it was really good for their business. So, like, the deals are, like, totally separate. Because those deals can be seen as growing you're co- like being synergistic and growing with your competition and helping your competition to grow at the same time, especially since Microsoft has this policy. They, they, they talk about it in a lot of their interviews where they talk about the statistics of Game Pass. They always make it clear that no Game Pass deal is predicated on exclusivity to Game Pass when they make it with a third-party partner. Now, they'll pay more for a third-party deal, but it is not a requirement to go on Game Pass that it has to be exclusive to Xbox or exclusive to even Game Pass. Like, it can be on other services at other times. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy is on Game Pass and PS Plus Extra at the same time right now, right? Like, they, they make that very clear, and that's a very clear indicator that they can show that we wa- that they want to grow this space because growing the space for even their competition helps everyone. I'm still optimistic that they can get a small publisher in the future. Like, say, I, I'm I'm Team Sega, because they they can make the case they need to improve their market share and competition in Japan, which they do. And Sega doesn't own any mega popular games as a service titles. They have a lot of games, but none of them sell particularly well compared to say Call of Duty. So I think I think maybe a smaller publisher could be on the cards in the future. I wouldn't rule it out. But definitely in the future, small independent studios for sure, though. Yeah. At this point, and, I take uh, yeah. platinum. <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think yeah. that I think that they almost build their own Japanese base and prove to Japan that they. And when I say build their own, I don't really mean open their own. I mean that they kind of like build their own collection of studios, whether it be expanding. Tango or Platinum or Platinum or a couple of the other smaller Japanese devs. They've been working with like, who's the company that makes the like? Uh, it's the Udentide Chronicles. Was that JRPG that came out this year and it was okay? And there's like a a bigger, fuller sequel to it coming out next year. Not too sure to be honest with you, but I they, you're right though. They are like they're like, pretty tight with some of the smaller ones, like White Owl. Right, and and I think that that is how they get into Japan. If if we're going to talk about that, I, I think that they they show that like, hey, we're going to form partnerships with some of the bigger ones because they have they they obviously have a huge partnership with Sega. Freaking everything comes to Game Pass either at launch or a few months later, you know that they've launched. Um, like I, Two Point Campus just launched, right? Like that did that just came out or it's coming out like in the next week? Yeah, that's correct. I, th- yeah, I think it's getting ready to come out. I don't think it's come out yet. Okay, like that is a that's a prime example of Sega loves Game Pass, baby. Um, 
And yeah, but yeah, you're, you're not wrong. I, I think that if they are going to even get a small publishing group that like has a name to them, uh, it's going to be post-2024. And by post-2024, I mean post-January 1st, 2024. Which is fine, yeah. Um, like that, I, I, They have to wait a little while so eyes aren't on them. In fact, I would even argue that it would be post-presidential elections in the United States so that it can potentially be a different FTC with the different backing behind it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, that's a good. That's an interesting take too. Like um, that, yeah. that that they may wait to purchase more things to see if the climate in the United States change because typically conservatives don't care as much about mergers and acquisitions. There are some big ones that they will block. Like the, there, there is an upper limit to what can even get through there. But I mean, look, the 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 Fox. The 20th century Fox Disney deal probably would not have gone through under this political climate. Now, Hmm. it's not big enough that this political climate's going to try to reverse it. Like, say, the Instagram Facebook acquisition, like we talked about earlier. But it probably wouldn't have even been proposed by Disney and 20th Century Fox in the year 2022. I think Facebook's woes are self-inflicted because they have been, they they have been, (laughs) let's just put it bluntly, uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook have been a little bit of an a-hole to the government. And I think this is just more like retaliation for the powers that be on, they're just fed up with Mark Zuckerberg. And that's one benefit that everyone in the gaming space kind of has with the government because they don't ever typically get in the government's ways when, like, the government gets mad about them for something. They, the gaming industry corrects itself and does something and changes it. They don't try to fight it. Like, that's the whole thing with, like, how the ESA created the ESRB in, in the United States, right? They created a self-governing body to, uh, to rate games so that the U.S. government wasn't involved at all. And everyone was happy. And... That's why, like, I think Microsoft has a hundred percent chance of this acquisition going through. I shouldn't say hundred percent; nothing's ever certain. Ninety-five percent chance of this going through. I'm right? pretty confident, though, um, that it shouldn't yeah, be an issue. Yeah. It's going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's going through. It's just what kind of conditions are going to be set upon them is is really the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, either way, guys, things are going to be interesting going forward, but. I'm. It's just very revealing uh, with these documentations coming up, uh, what Sony's been saying. And it's not even just Sony. There's other publishers uh, involved in this, too, making their own commentary uh, to these boards. But, uh, yeah, time's going to tell, honestly. And uh, hopefully we don't have to wait too long for uh, this to go through because I'm pretty sure they're talking to... Uh, other developers about uh, acquisitions too would not be surprised at this point uh let's see we have 47 awesome people tuning in guys thank you all for tuning in it's great to see you all here the chat is very active uh great to see you all guys if you haven't done so already hit the the thumb you know hit the like button share this out and hey if you're uh, new to the channel uh please sub we'd love to have you stick around all right, uh, let's uh, move on over and make some room for our next topic. <clears throat> and hey, guess what, guys? Surprise, surprise. It looks like the Xbox Series S got a bit of a performance boost under, under the hood. 
A new Xbox software develop- developer kit has been released to developers recently, and it seems to free up more room for Xbox uh, for the Xbox Series S. Uh, Shockley, buddy, uh, what do you think of this latest update for the console? I mean, is this going to make a difference on developing for it? I don't know if you're, uh, oh, there you go. Oh, are. sorry. No, you're good. Uh, no, I mean, it, uh, from what I've seen, from what they stated in that quote, it seems like they're, it's going to, you know, free up. I think kind of like how with Xbox One, I think they were allocating, I think maybe on the safe side, you know, to make sure Connect and some of their operating system would run smoothly with that issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, with this, they, they were probably, you know, playing it safe in that same regard. Um, but it's nice to see that they're giving more memory because Series X has been pretty much pulling its weight for the most part. There has been some games where it's like, hey, this should, shouldn't be doing worse than the PS5 version. But for the most part, um, you're seeing where its strengths are. It's at least holding its own. Uh, whereas with the Series S, it's feels like it's kind of fallen short of the like promise of like 1440p um or at least uh 1080 like it's you know steady 1080 without fail you know at 60 fps i think we've seen some issues or some differences more than just like resolution um that we thought it was going to be like oh okay this one's going to be like 4k and then or pushing for 4k one's pushing for 1440p and then the only difference is resolution but we've seen that's obviously not the case um and there were going to be some probably some differences given that the memory's a little different but um but it's nice to see that they're allocating uh, more memory to the devs so hopefully especially for how much it is and how much and we're rumored to hear about the ps5 possibly going up in price at retail um, that would, you know, if they can keep that at 299 and they're getting more performance and getting closer and, you know, making that gap a little smaller between that and the, uh, and the PS5 to make consumers like, really think like, okay, cause you, I mean, you can't find a, a digital PS5. So that $400 box is kind of a moot point, <laughs> uh, thing is pretty much a unicorn. Um, and then the series could, the series five that's or not the series the ps5 like a disc version um that's the one i see the most or at all um and if that you know that's a 200 dollar gap and possibly more because i mean why would sony you know not charge a little bit more for it they are still selling out instantly all the time so it's still a popular system um and they just have the digital out in the market just so they can say hey we're you know, we have a cheaper version, but, you know, good luck ever getting it. Um, so if if they can keep that, you know, price gap and then make the performance gap smaller, you know, that's, they're definitely heading in the uh, right direction to, you know, really hold their own. Because a lot of people, a lot of people are just are going, get, gravitating towards the series. As I'm kind of actually surprised about it myself uh, with how many people I've seen, like, just, oh, you know, screw it. I'll just get a. Series S and not hold out, <laughs> you know, they're trying to fight a Series X right uh, on the market. Cause I, I've seen a couple of Series X like in the 
like disc replay lately um resold and but people are just like nah screw it the series s is smaller takes up less space and a lot of people don't really care about is it is it 2160p or is it 1080p like people past that 1080 mark like a lot of people seem to not really care <laughs> something like that yeah because so. the uh what is it the series s it can do what 1440p uh, if I'm yeah not it's supposed to yeah that's it's like you know ceiling 1440p at 120 but we've seen that that's doesn't 1440p just regardless of the frame rate doesn't tend or seem to happen from what we've you know seen recently but um but just it hitting also 1080p um i think lately has been some spotty or at least keeping that steady 1080p 60 frames per second and not have like hey there's a bunch of features missing like whether it be um like ray because that's the other difference is both systems are supposed to have like i'm pretty sure ray tracing you know parts like obviously it's not nothing compared to the pc um uh, but just for at least some minimal ray tracing but i don't think for the most part we've really seen much of that uh being the case for series s so because everybody was like, oh, it's just the difference between resolution. But it doesn't, there's definitely some other <laughs> differences, at least in reality, from third party, you know, third party devs. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and that's hopefully this kind of helps. Yeah, and I agree with you. Um, and again, this is giving the console memory, uh, a f from what I'm to understand, a few hundred additional megabytes, which. Mm -hmm. may be significant to some games you know especially ones that you know they can get a, a patch for it soon because i know some developers were uh complaining about uh you know the memory for the console so you know some games had issues reaching 1080p or maybe uh certain frame rates so hey maybe if you had a, a game at uh it was running at uh 40 or 60 now it can go to 50 or 60 or so on or you know just those improved frame rates um but i mean it, it is nice that they did this to make it a more more dependable on that end i think anyways um because this console i mean it's already a popular console as you were saying eric and xbox's strategy this gen has been very strong with this uh lower price more budgeted console and i'm pretty sure they want to keep it that way because it's selling like hotcakes right now and it's, it's it's more available to the consumer uh consumer base so i'm pretty sure they want to alleviate whatever issues they can you know as with the dev kits if they can do that hey why not why not you know that's fantastic that they're able to uh help improve the console in that way even if it's just again a few hundred megabytes a few additional ones that's 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 great news um centurion pal i mean i would love to know your thoughts on this um you know the xbox series s it's a pretty fantastic little console from what a lot of people are saying uh what do you think about these improvements coming from the dev kit um i like the way you put it um, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, you, we're talking about a a very well priced next generation console at three hundred bucks. Uh, the developers has voiced some concerns about the constraints when it comes to the available memory for to uh, make certain games more optimized and able to have uh, just more, just you know the uh, the concept of a lot of games are stuck at like ten eighty p or fourteen forty to be able to 
try to get that beyond it um, uh, and loosen that up a little bit would definitely be in the Series S's uh, best interest. Um, and definitely, that I think that's really good that Microsoft is listening to the developers. They've, you know, rather than, you know, taking it as an as-is deal, this is what you get, Microsoft has gone in and done what they had to do to uh, free up some space for the memory. Um, and it's gonna, it's like Microsoft is really trying to really leverage the series S as the go-to console for, I hate using the term casual because, you know, just because somebody is, you know, like, yeah, more, yeah. Franchise. What'd you say? Unenfranchised. That's a better term, unenfranchised, or more like uh, your your entry level. Ga- yeah, somebody's on a budget, entry level gamer, somebody that that games, but they're not like investing a large amount of time to it. It's like you know, if you really think about it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the whole uh, like Call of Duty situation. That eventually, the Series S could be that console that is for three hundred bucks. You could have a really good time, have a, a next-gen console that can do amazing things, and like literally, it, it would be everything the the dis the the unenfranchised or the entry-level gamer needs to get comfortable in the ecosystem that basically fits their budget. Um, and this is where um, I really applaud Microsoft for coming up with the Series S. The Series S was a game changer. Um, it really closed the gap on hardware sales when it comes to competing with other brands. Um, the, the Series S is a home run for Microsoft, and it's also and this just proves yet again that they have a lot of time, effort, and energy put into the Series S. And it, it just because they've put it out in a production, it didn't stop there. They went back to the drawing board and fixed a few things based on developer input, and. Dude, I mean, no telling what else they might be able to do with this little box, considering there's some pretty good uh, geniuses of hardware over at the Microsoft camp, and the things they cook up are pretty much game-changing when it comes to being able to compete in the gaming market. Mm -hmm. Agreed, and well-said statements there, uh, Centurion. Um, yeah, I mean, this console's turned out to be the little console that could. Like, it's, uh, I know the Series X uh, takes a lot of the, uh, the credit <laughs> for the, uh, for Xbox right now, and deservingly so, but at the same time, the, the Series S really does hold up its end this generation, and it's, it's doing amazing, amazing numbers. I remember before Sony came out with their two SKU system, one with a disk drive, one without a disk drive. And we heard all the complaints and reaching for the stars of people are going to get confused. Like the, the, the average consumer doesn't know what they're doing when they get to the store. Dude, everybody knows the difference between the Series S and the Series X. And the two SKU system has worked out quite well. And I mean, it's kind of funny on this whole situation that the Series S is the little console that could because literally some the whole world wanted to write off the series S before it even came out mm-hmm. yet it's doing well in uh, regions that you know uh, Xbox wasn't doing so well last gen now you know it, it's definitely uh, holding its own right especially in Asian markets as of right now anyways especially with uh, PlayStation uh, struggling to uh, get units out there so again it, it's just you know, it's just um, 
surprising me what this console is being able to do, but maybe it shouldn't. Maybe it shouldn't be. Um, like, and it's also, and I'm sure like some devs were early on were like, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know about the, the memory or, but guess what? Game gamers are saying, hey, right now, especially how the economy is right now, and how hard these consoles are to get, um, that $500 might be out of their price range with ever, all the other things that are going up with inflation. Um, on top of it just being super difficult to struggle to even try to obtain anything else. Um, and Series S is actually getting these things out to the market. So, I mean, um, it's <laughs> some of the devs got to deal with. Like, they're always going to have constraints. You know, we can't just be PC only, no consoles, and then you have no issues. You don't have to, you know, work some magic. That's always been the console story anyway. You've always had to, you know, how'd they get, you know, Resident Evil <laughs> 2? Obviously, in that case, Resident Evil 2 on the N64, they had to make some big sacrifices. But, like, if gamers are fine with 1080p and or some, you know, things that have to be cut and they're still and these things are still flying off the shelves and worst comes to worst a company can't get their game to run they can have it hosted on xcloud and have a cloud version like games on the switch are and that can be how the SKU works on the series s if they literally can't get it to run on it you know like the, it's it's not the the end of the world it, it can be delivered differently in the xbox ecosystem and then because yeah. of how smart delivery works. So, you know, your Series S realizes, oh, I can't actually run this game. So let, let's just hold back and we'll stream it to you. Literally how the Xbox One is going to work now. You know, it's how it works with Flight Simulator. The Xbox One cannot physically run Flight Simulator. But you can buy that game right now and then play it through the cloud on Well, you can't, you can't buy it and play it through the cloud yet. That's going to be a feature coming this fall. But you know what I mean? Like, there there are other solutions to this problem if a developer literally can't get it to work. And by the time that it is actually a problem, it's just not going to be a – like, they're, they're not going to be able to use all the resources of the console. They're not going to be sh stretched thin for that until the last few years of the, of the console's existence, right? Like, like, like yeah. the last two years. And at that point, you know, maybe there'll be a little bit of an outrage. I, I don't know. It was a $300 device, not made for, like, raw enthusiasts besides if they literally couldn't afford the the cream of the crop, you know? Yep. Um, and I, I don't think this is the first time we're going to hear that they uh, successfully gave us more memory. Um, I think we'll hear it again when we see the OS shift to Windows 11. Because for anyone who doesn't know, the the OS on the Xbox One and Series S is based, or the and Series line, I should say, is based on Windows 10. And on the Xbox One, it was upgraded from Windows 8 to Windows 10 about two years into its life cycle, I think. And that brought some optimizations along with it. And Windows 11 is a much more lightweight OS. It I it usually just runs with using less system resources in general. So I wouldn't be shocked to hear that more resources are freed up when the when inevitably the Xbox moves to Windows 11. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. No, well said there, uh, Crusader. Well said. Uh, MLD, buddy, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I, personally, I wasn't expecting to see uh, even a few uh, megabytes here of additional memory for the system, but from the sounds of things, it's going to help uh, alleviate, uh, I wouldn't say stress, but it's going to help uh, the console in some ways, you know, giving more... Uh, you know, more graphically, more frame rate. Uh, what What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, uh, I'm glad it's actually happening here because Xbox, uh, I think they took the hit in the short term because, uh, you know, with the dev kits, you know, the reports back in the day in 2020 said that they waited a bit longer to finalize their dev kits while Sony, they took like an earlier, uh, they finished earlier. As a result, a lot of early comparisons favored uh, PS5 over Xbox. I, I'm not, that's the only comparison I'm going to make here with, with the competition here. The point is Xbox, they decide to lo uh, look long term on this thing. So a lot of uh, optimizations wouldn't uh, really happen until the generation has been progressing along. And this is one such example. They've been steadily, um, yeah, just uh, the, the tools, as they say, the tools have been consistently getting better and better and easier for developers to use. And this is just the latest example. So yeah, I definitely think it will not be the last. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's also essential because, yeah, as we all said before, the Series S is selling a lot better than I think any of us could have predicted. Uh, like in the future, like I'm picturing right now, like uh, say a, a, a 299 Series S or even price cut in the future, like like 199 bundled with the latest Call of Duty that's brand new for the holidays. That's going to be crazy. So you, if that's going to happen, if this console is going to sell the maybe perhaps the bulk of the Series console sales. You, you, you best make sure the developers have the best tools at their disposal to make the games run uh, as smooth and the best resolution as possible. So, yeah, good on, good on, good on Xbox. They're still the software engineers. They're still plugging away. They're still looking for better efficiencies. And, yeah, I'm sure it's, it won't be the last. So I, I'm happy to hear this. Am I still here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, okay. you, you guys catch that? Yeah, yeah, we got yeah. it. We got it. Um, okay, 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 good. No, no, actually, sure actually, I was, I was talking. My mic was. Uh, I had muted my mic. Ah. <laughs> um, I thought I was talking, but uh, no, no, no. Either way, guys, I mean, it's great to see this uh, boost coming to the the Series S. Um, you know, it's going past already what my expectations were for it and you know again it's hitting things that even just the the ps5 can't do at this point you know like uh with the amount of 120 uh fps games at the moment too i think that was said in chat so uh it's really an impressive thing for a 300 dollars console to say the least so you know good good on xbox for this uh, uh you know just for the console itself and Overall, honestly, just uh, that they're trying to improve it, even if it's just a, a little bit, even just a little bit, you know, it's, it is very much appreciated. Um, any other thoughts on this, guys, or uh, can we move along here? All right, I'll take that as we can move along. But uh, yeah, guys, on to our next topic, which will be our last bit of news for the night. And it seems like those rumors of a new Game Pass tier or... 
again, just like um, a new section were correct. Xbox uh, Wire revealed some information about it, stating that Xbox insiders in select countries can test it out right now. It allows for multiple people to share Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, Centurion Pal, you know what? I will bug you first on this one. Uh, what do you think of this? Uh, we've been hearing rumblings of it for... Well, a while now. I know we've kind of talked about it before on the show. Um, and yeah, now it just seems to be coming uh, to fruition. What are your thoughts here? Um, I'm excited. I'm not one of those people that like have a large household, so I'm going to be entirely honest. It, this is not going to affect me in any way, but um, in not chatting limited with to fo- households. Huh? It's not limited to households. I don't, I don't, ga- I don't game household. share. I don't game share or anything like that. Um, call me an introvert. I don't game. I game share with my wife and that's where, but the situation I have set up between me and my wife, between my Xbox and her Xbox, it works just seamlessly. So um, literally it doesn't affect me. Um, I'm not going to like be signing up to share a game pass with any friends or anything like that. But I do have, uh, one comes to mind, my brother, he, he does, he has himself, his kid, his wife, um, that would definitely benefit him, um, uh, from chatting with, a uh, old castmate of mine, Fa- uh, Fuzzy Belvedere. I know he has, uh, kids and himself, and he has been, uh, clamoring for a family plan. And it looks like this is finally going to come to fruition. Uh, it looks like they're testing it right now in Ireland. And I believe it was Columbia. Um, you know, off the wall demographics, you know, whatever reasoning they picked that for. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the pri- at least for Ireland, we saw 21.99 in Euro, uh, and which I kind of did some math on. It came to like 23 bucks and change in US dollars. Um, in my mind, it's probably going to be somewhere around 25 bucks. That's what uh, Jez Gordon said. He, yeah. He's yeah. heard it. it he's, he, he was the one who broke it originally, and he said it was it's uh, targeting 25 in the U.S. So that's a good sign. I mean, like, literally, it's not a huge price get a jump. Uh, you can have up to four people on the plan uh, for 25 bucks a month. That's going to be a huge deal, especially that's if you deal. have a family or friends that you trust. It's, um, four, it's four plus the subscription holder, so it's five people total. Yeah. Re- really? Yes, that's mm-hmm. correct. Oh, wow. That's cool. Because all yeah, I you, saw you was the word four, it. the screen share, like the screenshot they had of somebody having it, it showed like four. But it's I think you're right now that looking at it, it was like it was zero, zero out of four attached. So right. you, you're attached to it yourself, and then you can attach four sub accounts. It's exactly how um, Microsoft uh, 365 works, by the way. Mm, See, that's and that. Right. I, and you know, and that's the only thing. Microsoft has had a good chance to do prescription subscription services on different platforms, especially with 365. Um, technically, that's something that's used in an in an office setting, and to try to buy 365 for every individual computer is a is like a huge chunk of change. To be able to share that amongst uh, five computers in one office is definitely um, something that helps out saving money. This is going to be another way for gamers to save money on the xbox ecosystem um and that's where i really think uh this is why um you know i made the comment i did in youtube chat before i turned youtube off to sit there and wish sony to disappear is absolute ignorance because you need competition in the market 
right now we see PS Plus is actually creating discounts for those who buy multiple months over a period of time, especially when you buy it in yearly chunks, you get that discount. Um, I really wish Microsoft would follow suit with that, so that way I can buy uh, my Game Pass Ultimate subscription at a discount instead of paying $15 a month every single month with no discount unless you wait for those certain times of the years when like they sell like those three month cards for like 25 bucks. Uh, but this is where uh, Microsoft sees Sony doing this. They see the discounts that Sony is creating and that's where Microsoft has heard the fans in asking for a service like this and being able to share the game pass subscription amongst their families um, and this is just going to help keep driving competition into the marketplace. And I, I can only look forward to Microsoft also potentially creating a discount system like I just spoke of. Um, this is just as a result of competition. They see that subscription services are becoming a very big thing right now. They know multiple people are, are sometimes sharing these things or they're having more than one subscription in their household. And this is yet another way to make the Xbox ecosystem the more affordable ecosystem. It started with the Series S and the $300 price tag. Actually, it started with Game Pass. Game Pass originally was 10 bucks a month, and you could have access to all these games. And then we came up with Game Pass Ultimate for $15 a month, and it included Xbox Live and Game Pass Ultimate perks, $15 a month. And, now, and then we got the evolution with the Series S being the $300 console, Microsoft is finding more and more ways to respectfully show the gamer that they under the, the, the gaming consumer, that they understand that they're working hard for their money. And the more money that they can keep in the consumer's pocket is more money that the consumer can also in the end, invest back into the ecosystem. Hmm. All right. All right. No, that's uh, some interesting thoughts there, pal. Um, yeah, no, they uh, it's going to be interesting going forward, because as uh, Crusader was stating, Jez Corden from Windows Central, he had a pretty good article uh, that was breaking it at first. And then everybody else kind of chimed in uh, this plan. Again, if it continues to go forward and, uh, you know, if it ends up being this way, it's split between five people. Essentially, you're getting Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for, I think he did the math, and it's like $5 per month instead of 15 if I'm not mistaken. It's, yeah, it's, it's, so it depends on how many users you have attached. If you have, if, you, if you're a moron and you're paying for this and it's only you on it, it's $25 a month. Um, if, per, like, for the one person. If you have two people on, it goes down to twelve and a half. If you have three people, you just keep you, you just keep dividing that that twenty five by however many people you have on. So if it's twenty five bucks a month and you got five people on it, it's including yourself, it's five bucks a person. It's it's cheaper than Game Pass has ever been. Yeah, but yeah, then you're marketing it to your friends and you're getting your friends to get Game Pass and you're 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 basically getting more and more people. Stuck into the ecosystem in the way Microsoft wants you, right? And this hilariously is actually Microsoft's response to what Nintendo does. Nintendo has done this since day one of NSO. Um, NSO is not the best service in the world, but it's not that expensive. It's only like $20 a year for one person, but it's like $45 a year for eight people to be oh. on like one together, right? Yeah, that's and, right. And 
and the idea is, hey, you know, let's reach as many people as we can, but we'll, we'll make it cheaper for them if they all come in together, right? And what's very interesting about this is this actually we're all calling it the family plan. It isn't marketed only to families. Nowhere in it does it say the word household. Nowhere in it does it say families exclusively. It says families and friends, right? They, they aren't the only constraint that they've put on it with like a terms of services. You have to be in the same country, which is for like a, a tax purposes and legal purposes right. and distribution purposes, because the same games might not always be on the service in the same countries. We see that with like. Uh, streaming services all the time. It just depends on who's distributing it where and wh where the deal is. It's a very complicated um, thing that I'm happy I don't have to deal with on, on like their side. Um, and so I, I know that as soon as I'm eligible for this and uh, can switch over to it, I will be um, m almost certainly bunching up with a bunch of my friends because all they have to do is give me like 15 bucks every three months or so. I'm not going to make them pay me every month for this. It's, you know, it's, it's not that much, but you know, and we're all going to have game pass together and we're all going to have these games together that we can play together. And like when like dark tide drops, we're all just going to have dark tide. And no matter if we're on PC or Xbox or, you know, I don't think I have any of my friends want to play it on mobile, but let's say there's someone who wants to play it on mobile because everyone's getting Game Pass Ultimate, baby. You, you can play it. You don't have to have a console. You can play it on the PC. You can play it on your phone. And that, that's the brilliant part. They're doing this with the, the most expensive tier because they want as many people from as many walks of life in gaming, so to speak, to, to be on this service. And it, it's going to be a home run. You know, uh, I was talking with uh, Mooch. Mooch couldn't believe the deal. He's like, I'm going to find someone. I'm going to find five people. We're going to team up. For $5 a month, this is impossible to beat. And, yeah, it, it's impossible to beat. You know, for $5 a month, you get all that content. But the idea is, oh, at, at $5 a month, you are going out and you are getting other family members of yours to play, to play, and there are more consoles in your household that are doing it, or you're going out and you're marketing for them, and you're grabbing your friends, and you're getting them sucked into the Xbox ecosystem. And man, maybe now they're going to be playing Halo, and they're going to be spending money on those Halo microtransactions. Or man, maybe they're going to be playing Starfield, and they're going to want that sick expansion that's going to come to Starfield that adds 38 new purple planets. Or, you, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm, yeah. Like, it, It's going to just increase spending in the ecosystem. That's, that's something that a lot of people don't get, is they can use money on the Game Pass subscription, specifically the subscription, like how much they are getting in from the money from the subscription forever, but the subscription itself being massively um, profitable because this isn't like Netflix. This isn't like Spotify. It doesn't exist in a vacuum where the only way it's monetized is itself. Game Pass is the way that Xbox makes money from Game Pass is, you know, it, it's the subscription itself. It's the DLCs. It's the MTX. It's people purchasing the games when they're leaving the service and they get 20% off and Microsoft takes 30% of that, you know, like when X game from Square Enix leaves. Um, it, it's people who are now coming into the Xbox ecosystem, whether it be through the Windows app or it being on a console, you know, they're, they're now getting your Fortnite money. Fortnite's not on Game Pass directly, but you better believe that Microsoft's getting more money from Fortnite because more people are on their consoles. 
and and so it's never going to be the, the the most important thing is how much game pass is growing their ecosystem because that's what's going to end up making the money in the end is all of those components combined and they all feed into each other in this great synergistic feedback loop and by going out and getting more people on a family plan to game with you you're gonna you're doing their job for them you're doing their marketing job for them you know you're you're the person who's going out and saying hey get in this service with me you know we're, we're, we're going to game all day on Game Pass with all the games we can play there. And it, it's incredible. I, 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 it's something that I have been asking for since I knew that NSO had a, an eight-person plan uh, when, I, when I joined one of my friends for, for that. And super, super stoked to be able to convert mine into that because now I can be like, hey, you're loading up this game today because you have access to it. I don't care if you don't you – know, you never bought it, but – you and I have both have access to this, and I've been wanting to play it with you. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and keep in mind, too, this is, uh, you know, they're trialing this right before even the Activision Blizzard deal goes through, too. Imagine if uh, they time things up really well, and, uh, you know, they're like, oh, you know, the family plan or whatever it's going to be called. Oh, it's officially going to be launching in this date. Oh, and by the way, the... Um, is, uh, with Activision Blizzard. Oh, yeah, all those uh, games, this uh, game library. Oh, yeah, it's uh, coming around the same day, too. Like, it's yeah. going to be nuts. I can already see a meme that I'm going to have one of my friends make when when the family plan comes out. You ever seen the Spider-Man meme where it's all the villains smiling in a row? There's, like, four of them, yeah. and they're all smiling. Yeah, it's, it's me and the boys rolling up to play Call of Duty for $25. <laughs> yeah, I could see that, yeah. Please, please uh, share that as soon as, uh, you know, we get the details on all these. Uh, that's going to be a great meme. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, certainly interesting. I'm glad, again, this thing was talked about for a very long time. You know, rumors were about for months. Um, Shockley, buddy, I mean, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Um like, would you take advantage of this in any way? Would you be, uh, like, sharing with some people that you know, some friends, family members? Uh, like, uh, and, you know, what do you think about the benefit to just Xbox uh, uh, consumers in general? Exactly, you're muted if you're talking. Yeah, he's muted. He's muted. Uh, well, okay, well, since... Uh, you yeah, can... sorry. Oh, there we go. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead, buddy. Um, uh yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a pretty dope deal, um, especially when you're, like, PS Plus is starting to get better, especially with, like, the extra tier where they're, you know, starting to throw in some day ones like Stray and a few others. Um, but, like, this would just make it too, even too, now, too affordable. Like, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully they bring it at, um, at least give it, you know, a test over here in our market to at least insiders. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Just think about how far this goes if they do go through with it, especially in the U.S. And then, oh yeah, uh, Call Call of Duty <laughs> annual release is going right in there. Like, I don't know who's other than the PS Plus subscribers on the base level. Like I don't know what's compete what would be competing with Game Pass at that point, like because I know uh, NSO yeah the base NSOs I think around I think I think it's like around like thirty, um but that's like at twenty dollars um oh, or even less yeah or even less for the uh, 
if people are doing like the family plan on that um because i don't think i don't I'd, I'd love to see the numbers on the the expansion pack tier because i feel like not that many people are actually on that tier within so but because it's just kind of for what they're charging for i think it's like an extra 30 dollars if you're by yourself too um or something like that. So it's for a single user. It's twenty dollars for twelve months, and forty-five for the uh, expansion pack for twelve months. Okay. So technically yeah. cheaper than Xbox Live Gold and PS Plus uh, Essential base. Yeah, but I feel like, especially because they don't even they give you those and in, in emulations, been pretty shoddy. Um, but they don't even they give you match they don't even give you matchmaking for those games. So unless you trade a friend code. You're not playing the online. That was the whole reason I subscribed to it because I was like, "Oh, cool! I can play Mar the best, which I think is the by far the best Mario Tennis um, on the N64. I get to play that and just and I would I'm gonna I'm assuming gonna have matchmaking, like that's gonna be amazing. That's <laughs> only a dream, you know, something I could have dreamed of, uh, you know, back in the uh, late '90s, and now I get to play it online. But I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Who do Family I know of my friends? Family plan well, see, 35. To, that means I would have to facilitate. Like I'm, I'm trying to get a family plan, enough people on it to do the expansion, so at least I'll have somebody to play with, or at least I can tell them, "Hey, get on this, so we can play." But like, that's the other problem is there's, unless you'd have to almost go to a looking for group to like find people to even take advantage of this thing that you're paying for. Like I don't understand. Yeah, Nintendo, like Nintendo was a good user. Yeah, the worst. The oh, okay. Family fan expansion is eighty. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like, fans get treated like the absolute worst, and we just take it. But mm -hmm. yeah, compared even compared to like stuff like that, like this this plan's ridiculous because what they're paying like eighty and they're getting just a a few more games and not all that great quality emulation probably better emulated on the series s and series x and uh developer mode <laughs> um yeah. with retroarch and and you don't even get they don't even give you the satisfaction of having like matchmaking to like oh there's someone else that's playing this game even just like a peer-to-peer -peer, nope can't even do like basic stuff that consoles did you know <laughs> a couple generations it's not even where xbox was in 2004 with halo 2 on the original xbox live <laughs> i think it's why it's that cheap have you guys seen the diagram for online talking no, mm, no. I, I mean i remember that when someone had the picture like way back when you had to go, like have a disc you had to have a cell phone and like you, you saw, oh yeah yeah I, I remember that yes people were flipping their their lids about the uh the cell phone thing for communication yeah like they're so it's bad so, that was the thing you, i get it you're kind of doing that what with xbox like at least you're transferring uh discord over to the console but they also weren't doing bluetooth so you literally had to be hooked up with cords all around your you still switch. have to do that like you still well, have, you, have like, switch, you cannot talk on the switch you still have to have a cell phone to to do the oh, talk. okay the bluetooth is only for audio out of the switch specifically for um uh oh, okay for game audio it, it is it doesn't you still can't there's still no like 
Nintendo app on the Switch that you can use to talk to other players using the Switch. Yeah, I don't even know how you do that now. Well, I mean, they have their own app that allows you to voice chat, right? Yeah, they have an app that allows you to voice chat, but it is... But then how do you get the audio from your game audio? Uh, you have to have a phone that does Bluetooth and, uh, or that, 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 actually, I have no idea. I actually, I, I think <laughs> yeah, you, you have to have a pair of headphones. <laughs> I, I just remember watching the video of Jeff Grubb getting progressively angrier and angrier. Yeah. Like, I've seen, like, some lay out all the wires and how they had to do it. Like, but that was before the Bluetooth update. But... It's, it's bad. Um, and, you know, with, with Xbox, like, there is an on system you can talk to people system the having to send it over from your phone from discord is so that you could talk to people with crossplay yeah you know we're in the infancy of crossplay uh it, it wasn't designed for when the when the system came out you can at least, you have to initiate it. Yeah, yeah, at least you can transfer it to the system and put your phone yeah. away for the most part like and yeah. i have a feeling that's how it's going to work on playstation too and that, that's fine it is perfectly acceptable why because i can now talk to my friends they go to make it easier in the future I, like for people who don't know in chat, I'm doing this entire podcast from my Xbox Series X right now. I'm I'm using the Discord functionality right now. Yeah. It's great. Oh, hmm. oh yeah, that's right. I totally forgot that you were uh, yeah, on the yeah. Discord. I, I, I know that you switched over uh, right before we started, but I, I totally forgot that you were doing that. Yeah, and you know... Um, Maybe I'll take a screen. Uh, I'll take a picture of it and post it on Twitter. Like I, I see everyone's Discord names, and uh, maybe I won't post it on Twitter. Yeah. But like yeah. I see everyone's Discord nicknames. I see the name of the channel from the server that we're in. It, it's it's great. It works great. Now, are there some quality of life features I'd love, like being able to save this channel so I don't have to transfer it from my phone to the console again, like after the first time? Yeah. A am I very happy that I could do this? Yeah. You know, <laughs> poor Nintendo people. I love Nintendo games, but, like, my lord, does Nintendo take advantage of their player base? Yeah, Nintendo is a special beast all in itself. Like, I, I they make some astounding uh, games, especially their first party. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. They do. They have some real boners, I'll say that, um, when it comes to, like, their online stuff. And, like you said, just how they treat the, their, their fan base. I don't know. Just very wacky company. But, hey, they're successful. They're successful, and you kind of need them in the the console space, you know, just for uh, competition, anyways. Um, MLD, I mean, I'd love to know your thoughts on the uh, Game Pass family plan. Um, that again, it's just available to insiders at the moment, but it'll probably be uh, spreading soon to uh, to other people. Um, yeah, got any thoughts on it? I mean, it's something that we had talked about for a while because there were rumors of it. Um, is this something that, I don't know, you'd be interested in sharing with a few buds or, I don't know, like, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Actually, yeah, I, I am going to use it myself. Uh, right now, I, I'm using uh, GameShare with my wife uh, on the same console here, but she doesn't have, like, uh, you know, gold for multiplayer. But this way, you know, it'd be a, it'd be a nice way that, yeah, between the two of us, we'd be saving money, and we could finally like play games like Sea of Thieves or Grounded because we still have like an old Xbox One X in the house as well, so we can finally do that. So, but I also have a couple friends as well. I think they would want to just get get in on the action here, and I think that's the whole point, though, because again, it's it's great that they're following off Nintendo because um, it's all about getting people in because 
friends, yeah, like you guys said before, friends do their own marketing, and in some, and people online they they miss the mark when they say that Game Pass makes no money or they're losing money because like you're only making five bucks a piece if you have like four people with you. That's not what it's about. Xbox is looking for engagement. That five dollars a month it means that you are in. And the more you are in, the more you will spend money on other things like microtransactions, DLC, buying games. As long as you are in, the fact that you're paying $5 or $15 by yourself for Game Pass is does not matter. They care about numbers and engagement. And this actually, I think, will be a, it's a very underrated thing. Like, you know, when the uh, uh, Pachter, Michael Pachter said, like, Game Pass will grow to 100 million with uh, Call of Activision Blizzard, right? I think this will be a big help. In, in that sense, friends will get, talk to other friends, friends that they can trust, and once they're in, they're in. And that will keep snowballing. Instead of one Game Pass account per household, it could be multiple per household, and, and so on and so forth, as long as the, the, word, the, the word of mouth keeps spreading. So I think that this will go a very long way to actually balloon Xbox uh, Game Pass subscribers. And I mean, I, I'm certainly going to take advantage of it now, now, now that I know that it's going to save some money especially in this climate with inflation and the higher cost of living, uh, who, who's going to pass up the opportunity to save some money uh, to, to play like the literally the best ser service in all of gaming? It's a pretty hard deal to pass up. And unlike Nintendo's online platform, Xbox's online platform is pretty cutting edge. So you, it's a pretty good deal. And frankly, it's unbeatable with value now, even more so now with this. So the sooner this becomes... Um, available to everybody, the, the better. At least have it available available for the holidays. That would be pretty ideal. And I think they'll get a significant boost to Game Pass as a result. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, again, that's the big takeaway. Um, I think a lot of people, uh, again, depending on the terminology, whether it's, again, between family, friends, co-workers whatever it may be just uh, i think a lot of people are going to end up taking advantage of this because i mean as the panel said it's a great deal and you're going to hear a lot of other shows talk about this because again you're saving a lot of money and it just makes sense for people to kind of go in on this as a group and it is going to be its own marketing thing i mean i hate to say it in a lot of ways but i mean this is going to spread like word of mouth when it's finally released i think there's going to be a great deal of people taking advantage of it especially you know again i can't tell like this isn't advice per se but you know just looking at how the economic environment is looking at the moment and within the next six months to year and so on you know i think a lot of people will be uh, leaning towards going to this because it financially just makes sense for uh, a lot of people to uh, to go in on it um fellas you can keep doing your hobby you don't have to give it up even though it's financially hard times because they've made it financially accessible. Exactly. And they'll make the bulk of their money off of the whales. It's they're they're essentially they're they're turning the accessibility of playing regular games into something that's kind of similar to a live service game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh no, it's again I just find it really interesting that they're evolving the service, uh, branching it off to different aspects and Honestly, you know, that's what I appreciate, too. Um, like, I, I try not to be the big voucher for these services, but I don't know, it, like, Game Pass is just really handy, and they're making it 
uh, more affordable as time goes on. I mean, we could talk about a variety of what's in Game Pass and so on. You know, we, we could go into the details on that. and uh, But overall, yeah, no, it's a really good service, and I'm glad that they're expanding the, uh, the variety of choices that we have. Um, but on that, guys, like, does anyone have anything else to add to this uh, before we end off? Yes, no? Okay. All right. I think on that note, we'll uh, start to sunset tonight's episode. And I thought we had a really good conversation tonight, fellas. Uh, we went over you know a bunch of different things, including Sony's concerns over Microsoft owning Call of Duty, Xbox revealing an Xbox Game Pass family plan, well, at least for the insiders so far anyways, and Xbox Series S getting a little bit of a boost of uh, in performance-wise. Uh, you know, that's pretty awesome, and I hope they keep doing that if they can. As always, with uh, you know each and every show, it was great having you all uh, join us tonight, uh, listening into discuss or listening to our discussions, I should say, on the various topics. And hey guys, if you enjoyed our chat, then please consider giving this show a like, sharing this episode out, and subbing to the channel because hey, we really appreciate you being here. And everybody in the chat, you know, you guys were awesome tonight. <laughs> I saw that there was a lot of back and forth going on. And again, guys, you know, I, I appreciate uh, all the debates and whatnot <laughs> in the chat. Uh, at least, you know, you guys are, uh, you know, having some interesting debates going on there. <laughs> I can appreciate that. But overall, guys, you rock. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, but yeah, next let's uh, go on to the outros, and I will start with uh, Crusader. Buddy, I thought you had some really good points tonight. Uh, where can all these fine folks find you at? Yeah, you can find me at Crusader3456 on basically every platform. Um, people may notice I just had some rebranding done. I want to do a shout out to uh, Anubis. You can find him over on uh, Twitter and Twitch. He did excellent work um, for me, uh, making sure that I had, you know, good branding because, you know, I'm, I'm starting to, I'm on this show all the time, starting to be on a lot of other shows and, you know, it just looks good and it keeps my Garrus persona that everyone knows me for because, you know, it, shocker, I love Mass Effect. But yeah, you know, Crusader 3456 everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, it looks pretty good there, looking pretty sharp. I see Crusader in there in the white and yeah, you're still keeping your Garrus uh, pick going on there really nice yeah and it's actually it's it's got the the mass effect logo swoosh through it like if you compare like the mass like the the way that bioware ma uh, marks mass effect that's like the same like swoosh through the through the word oh okay i i had no idea to be honest i have to i, I guess yeah. i have to uh it's all inspired by mass effect Mm-hmm. well you are a pretty mass a massive fan you know to uh coin the pun <laughs> but uh People, you know i'm not an xbot i'm a bioware bot <laughs> well hey you know it's good that you you know you're uh, separating that for us to make sure we get that <laughs> but uh no 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 very good very good hey man you like the bioware games no doubt and i know how much of a dedicated mass effect fan you are so uh i mean they are some pretty damn good games but uh let's see here and i yeah yobi really likes that in the chat hey yobi yeah he's huge mass effect fan uh let's see moving on down here general mld pal hey Buddy, I thought you had a great show tonight. Uh, lots of excellent points. Uh, where can all the fine people tuning in follow you at? 
Thank you, thank you. Great, great show, guys. You guys can follow me at MLD Ghost on Twitter, gamertag Ghost MLD. Find me playing this and that, and uh, yeah, looking forward to next week. Let's see what Xbox brings to brings to us. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know what? That's the thing, right? Uh, there's all this Xbox centric news too, and it's like I know we cover like a whole bunch of different things, but really, there's not a dull moment going on with Xbox. So it's just kind of a great time to be an Xbox fan to be able to cover all this stuff. So. Again, I'm pretty happy, you know, keeping them in the news cycle anyway. So as long as they keep uh, revealing some things, then, uh, hey, I'm a happy camper, like I said. Um, moving on down here, Mr. Centurion, the Tombstone Man. Where can everybody find you at? Uh, well, gentlemen, it was a great Sunday night. Enjoyed the conversation. Uh, really enjoyed a lot of the info that I've absorbed here tonight. Uh, the chat was definitely out of control and pretty interesting. Uh, thank you to everybody who tuned in. Uh, for those interested in finding me, you can find me at Centurion1307 on, of course, YouTube, Xbox Live, and Twitter. Uh, when it comes to my YouTube channel, um, right now, the majority of what goes on my channel is podcasting um, due to things out of my control, especially with my health. Uh, I took the advice of a very good friend of mine, and I am pausing at least, you know, taking eight, 14 hours in creating a YouTube video to just kind of focus on things I got going on with me to uh, be here for the long run. So for those who do check out my YouTube channel, I do plan to keep adding more content. I just don't know when that's going to take place. Uh, but if you are interested in the podcasting side of things, um, I'm podcasting tomorrow with my good brother from across the pond, Stubbs Gaming. Uh, we're doing an episode of Plastic Platforms on his channel this week. Uh, I also do Gaming Beyond the Box with Wilmy Hood, Bomber, the amazing crew over there on Gaming Beyond the Box. Uh, they just did their first show in about a couple months uh, this last Wednesday. It was absolutely fun. Um, and you can also find me here every Sunday night with this amazing group of individuals uh, right here on the TXR podcast. Uh, if anybody could ever listen to me and do as I say, please like subscribe everybody here on this entire panel everyone here is definitely a great individual oh well that's really kind of you say bud and i'm sure everybody uh tuning in listening in and participating in the chat they're all uh, looking forward to what you have in store uh, down the line and hey you know what again i i totally understand too being a content creator i've kind of slacked in some ways but then again it's because of my uh situation right now with my house renovations but uh you know what Hey, everybody's pretty understanding, but no worries on that front. And let's see, moving on down the line here, Eric Shockley, buddy. Hey, some really good points on all the topics. Uh, you know, I thought you uh, did some really, uh, really, really well there. Uh, where can everybody follow you at? Yeah, as always, you can find me at Shock Nero on Twitter, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good topics today, and uh, thanks for stopping by. Mm -hmm. Well said, well said, short and sweet. And uh, hey, uh, you know what? I'm going to make it short and sweet too. Uh, of course, I'm Invader, and you guys can follow my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. Also, check me out on uh, the Bluebird app Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. A great show tonight, guys. And hey, you know what? We're already looking forward to the next one. And I mean that. You know, we really love doing this show. But, uh, anyways, we will catch you later. Have a good one, folks. <laughs>